You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Pete Sweeney here. I just wanted to let you know of a programming change from the usual Arrowhead Pride Radio. Myself and Jay Binkley did not record anything on Wednesday, November 10th because of K-State playing on 610 Sports Radio. So instead, we're going to give you my segment with Carrington Harrison as we do 3 p.m. every Wednesday on The Drive, talking about the Chiefs and Odell Beckham Jr. and whether or not it would be the right move for the Chiefs to bring him aboard. Here it is, myself and CDOT on The Drive. He's usually at Arrowhead or the practice field or his living room, but it's 3 o'clock on a Wednesday, which means it's time for Chief Pete Sweeney to join The Drive. Very happy to be joined in studio right now by the Plaid Prince, the editor-in-chief of the most popular Chiefs website on all of the interwebs, Arrowhead Pride. Before we Mm. hear from Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride, let's get you the latest on Odell Beckham from Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. Potentially could get a decision from Odell Beckham Jr. today. This is one thing that colleague Kim Jones tweeted last night is that Beckham essentially wanted to sleep on the decision. I know he's hearing from several teams and potentially we could get news today. Among the teams to consider, and I'm not saying that each of these teams has definitely made an offer, but among the teams to consider, one, the New Orleans Saints, who uh, did try to trade for Beckham right before the trade deadline, to my knowledge, the only team to do it. The Seattle Seahawks, another team that I know considered a little bit, according to Pete Carroll, claiming him did not do it. They would have some interest in Odell. The Green Bay Packers were looking to add uh, weapons, skill position weapons before the trade deadline. I know that's an interesting spot there. And general manager Aaron Rodgers would potentially be interested. Obviously, keep an eye on the Packers there. The Kansas City Chiefs have never shied away from a big-time skill weapon guy. They signed Josh Gordon. Quite, hasn't really worked out like they hoped. That would be another one to consider. And, of course, the Patriots are always interested in upgrading. And there's been a, let's say, uh, long sort of a love affair a little bit between Bill Belichick and Odell Beckham from afar. Uh, That'd be an interesting spot as well. So that's the latest from Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. Jordan Schultz, who is a media guy, he kind of works for a couple different companies. Odell Beckham Jr. update. The Patriots are making a strong push to acquire OBJ. Belichick reportedly really wants Odell Beckham badly onto their roster. We welcome in Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride. Pete, what do you make of all of this? I've said that I think this is the... Biggest needle-moving move that the Chiefs can make for a player that's not on their roster. Josh Reynolds is not Odell Beckham based on what he's been so far this season and his health. I don't think he greatly changes their lot in life. If they can get a healthy, motivated OBJ to go alongside Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, I do not think there is a singular move that can be made between now and the end of the season that can put the Chiefs in a better position than acquiring him. Yeah, I I like this in... Brett Veach, and I I know that this player in particular is a little polarizing. We get a lot of votes on our polls at ArrowheadPride.com, and it looks like two of every three Chiefs fans would support Odell Beckham Jr. coming, whereas a third of the fan base would rather he 
not come. And I think what you've seen, and Brett Beach has made a habit of this, is when players they identify as blue chip, blue players, elite players, whenever they have an opportunity to go get someone like that, they're at least going to be in the mix. And when you have the quarterback they have, you have the pedigree of going to two straight Super Bowls and three straight AFC title games, winning two of them. I think players are are naturally going to be interested in you, and I I think that's where the Chiefs are at. They, they have interest that that's true. They're trying to make a push for this guy. It's going to be a selling point because if if you notice, especially with the Packers' money situation coming out, where they're not going to offer him much more than what would be like a veteran minimum, it seems like everyone is just offering what would be a million, two millions that around that, or or what would be a veteran minimum. So it's it's going to come down to pure fit. And whether or not Odell Beckham Jr. wants to come to Kansas City, and and I I think we'll see. I liked your point at the beginning of the show. Why would he go to a, a New Orleans? I I, I don't understand. I, I think if you really want to play for a contender, you're not going to buy into Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill as a contender. So I, I think the Chiefs are very much in the mix. To me, this reminds me of a situation in the NBA whenever those buyouts happen around the league where a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge will be bought out of his contract or Blake Griffin last year. Yeah. And then the the true contenders in the league really start to circle that player to try to get him to join. If you're Patrick Mahomes, you got to be willing to pick up the phone and call <laughs> Odell Beckham. You need help right now with this offense. If your number one priority is to win a Super Bowl, and I believe that's what there is, I don't know if you have all of the pieces you need in a super competitive AFC with the way your offense has looked. McColl's not the answer. Demarcus Robinson is not the answer. I think we're starting to see that Josh Gordon isn't the answer. Mm-hmm. Maybe OBJ isn't the answer and we're overvaluing the kind of player that he is. But you got to be willing to take shots. All the competitors, all the real good teams in the NFL seem to be willing to take that shot if there's a need for it. You got to be in there too. This is a free agent battle that I would love to see them win. Right. And I think... You had a point earlier in the week, too. I listen to your show a lot. You, know, you read my website. I listen to your show. We're a team here. Where it, it's been interesting where you're waiting for that key player that gets the Mahomes read possible dynasty. I know they took a step back after the loss in Super Bowl last year, but possible uh, dynasty connection where, okay, here comes the Patrick Mahomes discount or the Patrick Mahomes convince. And this would be a slam dunk uh, in in that fashion. I was a little bit, I think, apprehensive to wanting Beckham. I'd probably fall in the camp where I don't know if this guy still has enough a, a, to merit some of the off-the-field problems that he brings to the table. Like, he couldn't really get along with Baker Mayfield and kind of ghosted the Browns. I, I think it has to be a situation where Andy Reid and the brass of the Chiefs has a conversation w- with them and says, are you ready to be a role player? I think you've seen Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, who are elite players in their own right. They've really grown to accept, as long as the Chiefs are getting the win, Tyree Kill can go off for 120. And then maybe the next week it's Tyree Kill, two catches for 32. But Travis Kelsey has 150 yards. Is OBJ, who hasn't shown this in the past, willing to bite the bullet and get a catch for 12 so long as the Chiefs are consistently winning? I think you got to establish that and make sure he's cool with that before you go and make this deal. That's why I think this is a really important crossroads and juncture in the career of Odell Beckham. 
We'll find out who he thinks that he is. If he signs with the Patriots, he still thinks he's a one. Mm-hmm. If he signs with the Saints, he still thinks he's a one. That's a team that he would go in there, be by far the biggest playmaker on paper. He'd be their number one option. He's a guy you expect to get eight to ten targets and really be able to carry a team. Is he willing to sign with the Kansas City? Is yeah. he willing to sign with the Green Bay? Except being a one, a two, a third option on a team and come in here and fill in a role. That's not what he's been so far in his eight years in the league. He's been a star player. He's been a pivotal point of the offense. That's just not what he's going to be in Kansas City. Right. But he can have success and then set himself up for a, a contract next year where you get a two-year, $20 million deal because teams know you can accept the role. You're not going to be any problem mm-hmm. off the field, and you come in and you are an 800-yard receiver. But he has to be willing to accept that, and I think due to what team he signs with, We'll see what kind of player he still views himself as. A couple talented writers that we have at Arrowhead Pride. We were having a, a talk in our Slack room with Ron Kopp and, and Brian Stewart, and they were bringing up this point. I, I think what you sell Odell Beckham Jr. on is the idea that you can make him be that guy that Sammy Watkins was for the Chiefs during the 2019 postseason. Imagine if Odell Beckham Jr. can can be humble and come in and play a role and be that third guy for when the Chiefs, when they're playing these teams that do find a way to shut down to an extent, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, you could come in and be that third guy. And when do those games happen? They a lot of times happen in the postseason when you're facing defenses that are capable of that and that have shown consistency to make the postseason. And then he becomes that go-to target. And if he really shines like Watkins was able to do during that 2019 stretch, I think it's a no-brainer that he gets a pretty good and lucrative contract the next year, whether that be in Kansas City or or elsewhere. I still think he's a player that the league respects. Mm -hmm. And I think right now one of the issues with their offense is they just don't have another offensive player that the league feels like they have to show respect to and they have to game plan for. We see how they're defending Kelsey differently than they've done in his career. What they're doing to Tyreek Hill, taking away the over-the-top stuff. He's not getting those big plays. Right. There's no other playmaker on this offense. There's no other playmaker that you think can get those chunk plays and really take this offense back to the next level. I think OBJ could be that player. I could be wrong. It could be completely over. Legs are shot, shoulder, bum shoulder. He's not willing to accept the role. But you got to be willing to take a chance. And Demarcus Robinson's not that player. McCole Hardman's not that player. There's a possibility that OBJ is still that player. I'm not calling him Randy Moss with the Raiders because I don't think he's that level. But we thought Randy Moss was done. Mm -hmm. He went to the right organization, the right coach, the right quarterback, and we saw what happened. Yeah, I I think that's the playbook if you're Bill Belichick right now. You go and and say it because it was the same coach. You go in and, and say, look, I think this is what we could do for your career. We, we've done it before, right? We're as a, and, and this is just how I feel about Kansas City. I mean, you've had players now come to Kansas City, LaShawn McCoy, Le'Veon Bell, Josh Gordon. I was a, just going to ask you about Josh Gordon. A couple of weeks ago, and, and who knows what they're promised when they're coming here. But that's three for three that really just didn't work out, whereas Bill Belichick can pull up the tape and say, Hey, remember what we did with Randy Moss when everyone wrote him off? We broke freaking records, if you if you remember correctly. And I also think when you when you're talking about being the guy, you you had mentioned New Orleans, and we'd mentioned the quarterback play. Trevor Simeon is Trevor Simeon. 
I think Mac Jones is legit. And the, the, the difference between these two players is Mac Jones continues to get better. I mean, this is his first year. He continues to get better each and every week. You can see progress each and every week. Who knows what he's going to be by the time that week 18 now uh, rolls along and, and the Patriots are entering the playoffs. So I, I, I think the Patriots are, are a team to watch. They really feel like, I think, that they're one piece away, which might be true. I, I think there's someone to watch. I don't think you can ever count on Bill Belichick, especially when he has a quarterback. But again, I, I think you have the right thought process here where if you want to play a role for a team and you want to be in Super Bowl contention in the top of a conference, it's the Chiefs or Green Bay. It's, it's what Odell Beckham Jr. wants to do ultimately. It's kind of interesting because it's sort of a chicken or the egg conversation. Like, let's say that they were getting the most out of Josh Gordon then you probably wouldn't need Odell Beckham. Like we wouldn't be having this conversation right. if Josh Gordon came in here and provided that spark. You just wouldn't have a room for him to be here. Right. But then I would say people are going to use, well, it hasn't worked for Josh Gordon. That's why Odell Beckham wouldn't be here. What side of the fence do you fall in? I think we sort of overestimated you didn't play in 2020. You weren't a part of OTAs. You weren't a part mm-hmm. of mini camps. You weren't a part of training camp. You joined a team in the middle of the season. It's tough to just come off the street, learn an offense, learn a system, and then be a four-catch, 64-yard guy. I think people sort of overestimated how quickly he could kind of get acclimated to this team, and he's probably more of a 2022 conversation as opposed to a 2021. Odell's been on a team. He's been here. I think it's a very different situation than Josh Gordon. I don't know if we've seen enough of Gordon to to make a decision yet. I know a lot of fans would say, yes, we have, and he hasn't been able to do anything, but we just haven't seen the offense as a whole click. Like Once a week, we, we say, where is Tyree Kill? Or we end up saying, where is Travis Kelsey? And then altogether, we end up saying, where is this offense, right? So how is the what would be the third or fourth option when Clyde is in the mix in, in, a, in a Josh Gordon? How is he supposed to excel as the third option when there are times when Patrick Mahomes can't get both Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill going? And so I don't know, in, in a sense, and that's why I actually asked Patrick Mahomes about Josh Gordon today, and that's what he referenced. He's like, this offense has been struggling as a whole. I think the team truly feels if they can reverse the course offensively, then they could finally get Gordon going, and he can be that guy for you. And and that should give you, I think, a little bit of confidence in the sense that I, I just don't think that story's been completely written yet. So if the Chiefs do end up missing out on OBJ, they are involved in this. I still think that Gordon could be an asset for you. I, I think there's still time for him to develop in this offense. Pete, I want to play a very quick game. It's not going to be a very long game. <laughs> I want everybody. So not a monopoly. I want everybody to get on the record. Everybody to get on the record on where they think OBJ is going to land. Okay. I want everybody to be on the, I think he's going to X. I think he will sign with the Green Bay Packers. I think they are the team that wants him the most. I think it's the team that makes the most amount of sense for Odell Beckham. If I had to put my money where my mouth is, if I had to put a Chipotle dinner on it, (laughs) I think Odell Beckham will sign with the Packers today. What does Rob think? Rob, did you weigh in on this already? My official prediction is going to be the New England Patriots. I think Bill Belichick is going to sway him. Okay. He's talked to Moss and someone else about that structure is good for him. I think my official prediction is the New England Patriots are OBJ's home. Reinventing the phrase, you got Mossed. I'm going to pick a different team. I like the Patriots probably more than I do the Packers because of the Belichick factor. But before this even started, and you started to see these teams coming out as, as rumblings, I thought the Baltimore Ravens were the team for... Odell, I, I think that's a fit, and I, I like the idea of staying in division with, with Cleveland. 
Now, we haven't seen anything verbal or in writing or anything that uh, of something happening in Cleveland. Cleveland has downplayed it. Baker Mayfield has gone on record and, say, and saying, you know, I, I think we're friends. We haven't talked, but I, I think we're friends. But there's some kind of chip on his shoulder, and I like him to maybe stay in the division. And I think Baltimore, given all their injuries and the fact that they've been able to manage having success, I, I think they are, they're probably looking and saying, wow, we just have the Titans in front of us in the AFC. We can be in play for the bye. Maybe we're only one piece away, and you could sell them on the fact that, hey, you get to play with Lamar Jackson, who to me is right in the conversation with an Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes. So I'm going with the Green Bay Packers. Rob has the New England Patriots. You were taking the Baltimore Ravens. We will see coming up. I think we'll know by the end of business today. I'd be a little bit surprised if this goes into tomorrow. I think you I have the so. chance to kind of sleep on it. I think today we'll find out what team Oda Beckham eventually joined. Speaking of new acquisitions, I thought Melvin Ingram looked really good on Sunday. For a guy who mm-hmm. just got here less than a week ago to play in 50% of the snaps, get pressure on the quarterback, and have an impact on the game, I came away really impressed by what we saw from Ingram. I thought it was strange because I really, really respect Mike Tomlin. I, I've I've gone on record recently in saying like if Bill Belichick didn't exist, we'd probably be talking about Mike Tomlin as the for sure best coach in the NFL for the consistency that he's been able to provide. And I watched Melvin Ingram at Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday, and Melvin Ingram to me looked like a player that you just couldn't trade. Now, it's one game, it's one outing, it's 29 snaps, but he was clearly impacting the quarterback. He clearly was playing with a bit of a chip on his shoulder. In the 29 snaps, he ended up getting four pressures, which is a a pretty good rate. And, And you could tell on downs when he was in, the quarterback Again, making his first start in his NFL career, so you got to say that. But the quarterback was not comfortable. And I, I just go back to the rest of the season. How often have we been able to say about these 2021 Chiefs, the opposing quarterback is not comfortable? We haven't been able to really say that all year, and that was real apparent. Now, again, I'll go back to the love point. I want to see it against Derek Carr on Sunday night, but that was a very, very clear step in the right direction. Right now, we're talking to Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride, the most popular Chiefs website on all of the internet, it's not that much of a surprise to me that when the defensive line started to play better, the defense started to play better. This is the best we've seen Frank Clark play this season. Their defense turned things around. Chris Jones got healthy and has been a nuisance in the backfield. Their defense turned things around. The addition of Melvin Ingram, it's not that much of a surprise to me that when they fixed their biggest problem defensively was a lack of pressure on opposite quarterbacks. Right. It's really opened things up for the linebacker group. Their secondary Sneed played the best football of his career. Thornhill looks really good. Everything started with that defensive line and they're playing up to the challenge. I'll push back on you just a little bit. I, I think Nick Bolton all of a sudden was the initial catalyst for the defense playing a bit better when he was able to do what he did against Derrick Henry and again, that was a losing effort and, and I think a complete wash because the offense was so bad that day. But everyone was really worried about what Derrick Henry was going to do to the Chiefs. And then you have this rookie that really has stepped up and has looked like a really, really strong player. Then you have Willie Gay that comes back. Now you have the defensive line cooking um, with a second level that gets Anthony Hitchens. And it looked like that they were uh, able to figure out how to do that linebacker rotation. And they looked really good. And then you you have this defensive line and you're seeing some intensity. And I think it, it, it's playing right into what Spags has done over the years. He really likes rotating guys. This is a very deep defensive line with guys like Turk Wharton and Mike Dana, not just you know Derek Nottie and Jaron Reed, but you have Chris Jones. Uh, and now he's playing on the inside. 
You know, you got to give credit to, I think, the Chiefs staff to an extent because they weren't necessarily stubborn for the whole year in continuing to play Daniel Sorensen and continuing to play Chris Jones on the outside. They put pretty much waved the white flag and said, all right, everybody was correct. Chris Jones is a much more dominant player on the inside. But as we've mentioned with these classic Spags teams, you start getting that pass rush. You start getting that defensive pressure. Makes things a lot easier for your secondary. I thought it was such a step in the right direction for the secondary with Legarius Steen and Traverius Ward for how tight and how close that they were playing Devontae Adams. You had Jordan Love throwing in the football. It's not the same thing as Aaron Rodgers, but this is still a dominant wide receiver that was looked to and targeted 12 times, and he had really not a, a great impact on the game, and I thought that was a huge win as well. So, yeah, I think it, it began with... Willie Gay and Nick Bolton has now only continued with with the pass rush, and you're right about that. When the pass rush is cooking, the whole defense is better. On a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being not at all, 10 being you are a full-fledged believer, how much are you buying into this defense? I struggle with it because Mm -hmm. there's clear improvement. Like Their defense is better the last month than they were the first month of the season. Right. They've also done it against Daniel Jones. They also did it (laughs) against Jordan Love. They also did it against Taylor Heineke. You know what I mean? Like, it's about to get more difficult here. You got to do it against Derek Carr, who's yeah. played like a top 10 quarterback this year. You got to do it against Dak Prescott, who has the most weapons in the league and is starting to get healthier. You know what I mean? Like, you got to really prove it over these next couple well, of weeks or so. On a scale from 1 to 10, where are you at in belief that their defense has really fixed things? Um, I think you're making a good point. I, I'd probably go 6 ish, you know, 5 to 7, 6 ish. I love the confidence you have in it. That's what that that's what really sold me. Yeah, sick five ish. You know, you put me on the spot here. I'm trying to really show people my thought process. I I like that it's it's turned into this thing before the bye week. I, I know you play some video games. I saw your your tweet about GTA. You know, I know you're excited for tomorrow. Um, where you get Daniel Jones and then you get a break with Jordan Love, and these were the easy levels, right? So the Chiefs got over level one, which was Daniel Jones, who I you know, I can't stand. And then level two was Jordan Love. I mean, you were playing against Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. So I, I consider that you know, a proper level two challenge. You'll get level three now. Derek Carr is better. Again, this is a Raiders team that's reeling a little bit with everything going on. But this is still a pretty good offense that you got to play. And then you get the ultimate test. If your defense is able to perform against Derek Carr, then all of a sudden you're going against Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, and some really good receiver tandem that can really rival the Kansas City Chiefs when it comes to pass catchers and, and anyone in the league. And so you get to see all these levels before the bye week, and if the Chiefs can pass and get through all of them and the defense looks good, you're feeling really good about yourself, 7-4, and four, heading into the NFL bye week. I officially changed my pick from the Kansas City Chiefs to the Los Angeles Chargers in the division. Oh, wow. That did not go over very well on the text line or the phone yeah. lines. People well, you are Charger Dot. Very upset, very frustrated. I got called way worse things than Charger Dot yesterday. <laughs> Los Angeles and Las Vegas are five and three. Yeah. The Chiefs and the Broncos are five and four. Everybody is virtually at the same footing from now until the end of the season. Who is Pete Sweeney officially picking to win the AFC West? I'm going to stick with the Chiefs. I really am. I, I think it's either Chargers or Chiefs. I don't think the Raiders are going to be in this mix, and I don't think the Broncos and their wonder win is repeatable over the Dallas Cowboys. I think that was probably more of a wake-up call for Dallas than anything else tonight. You uh, and I actually agree on the Broncos. I think that was a fluke. Right. Also, when it comes to the Raiders, I would maybe throw them in the hat a little bit more. 
You just can't have everything they've had happen over the last month and then tell me you're still going to win 11 or 12 no. games. And it's a proper reminder, too, that and, and we forget this sometimes. And, and you got to think about this. These guys are human beings. You know, I, I think you're, you're seeing a little bit more of that this year with some of the mental health stuff. And you have a Calvin Ridley in Atlanta taking a break. But you're, you're absolutely right. I just think too much has gone on f- to feel like, OK, this season is going to be a success and it's sustainable. Now, the Raiders can change that really quickly by winning on Sunday night against the Chiefs in front of everybody. But I also think it's a great opportunity for the Chiefs to reestablish their identity. I know the identity thing has been a topic of conversation in recent weeks. You have a Sunday night football opportunity where you're playing a division team. And in the vision, you've been really good in, in previous years to reestablish yourself. OK, we can come out and we can win a big football game where everybody is going to be watching. I like the defense. I think they've taken some steps. And I'm still subscribing to the idea that this Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, befuddled look with the offense cannot last the whole season. And so if the defense and the offense can kind of meet in the middle, hopefully sometime soon, hopefully for Kansas City fans that happens on Sunday night, it's just hard for me to pick against a a Chiefs team. And we're not even talking about the MVP of last week, Tommy Townsend, the AFC Special Teams Player of the Week. When you have this guy cooking like he is, I don't know how you can pick against the Chiefs of the division. Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief of the most popular Chiefs website on the interwebs, Arrowhead Pride. Coming up on the other side, we'll shift away a little bit from the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll also get back to the OBJ. Roll, the eye roll on Townsend. I just, I can't do it. <laughs> Coming up, I do want to talk to you about the AFC. Okay. There are 11 teams in the AFC that have five or more wins. This is the most competitive I can remember this conference being. I want you to handicap it a little bit. We'll do that next. His Keep hair. it locked in right Look now. His hair, though, see that. Welcome to the NFL. Chiefs insider Pete Sweeney is in studio every Wednesday at 3, right here on 610 Sports Radio. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We've got breaking news in the National Football League. Uh Uh-oh. Finally, is it coming? Josh Reynolds has been claimed by the Detroit Lions. I mean... We never had a chance of getting him here in Kansas City. Josh Reynolds was available, and the first team that had the opportunity just snatched him up, claimed him off waivers. I mean, for $500,000, that was a deal you couldn't pass up. So Josh Reynolds will not did, be a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. You did that Chiefs. to the people. They, they were ready to hear, okay, finally, we're getting the OBJ news. Did and- you miss what happened yesterday? Yesterday, we, had, <laughs> we were going to take phone calls on the Chiefs. Rob said no. And we took a Titans guest on Josh Reynolds. He was like, we need Josh Reynolds update. So I want to update people. I'll tell you this. The Chiefs' interest in Reynolds in the offseason was legitimate. 
And I'm sure that they were, were giving this a look. And and I guess, you know, I, I can't kill Rob for that. It, it's a, I, you, Rob, you, you know, you're thinking about you're thinking about the show. You're, you're trying to do your job. No, I mean, I understand, but it was never a realistic possibility. He was he was claimed first on waivers. You you really are representing the people here. You're like the, a people's champ situation. That's where you, where you're I, try to be, I try to be that. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to ask you your thoughts on the AFC. So I have the AFC broken down into three tiers that matter. Okay. I think there's three Super Bowl contenders as of now. Baltimore, Buffalo, and Tennessee. I put those teams a cut above the rest. Mm -hmm. I have five teams in tier two. Vegas, the Chargers, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. I don't understand it with Pittsburgh. I'll never understand it with Pittsburgh. But as long as Tomlin's there, all they do is win, 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 no matter what. I know. It's crazy. In tier three, I have New England, Cincinnati, and Denver. That's how I have the AFC broken down. This can change by Monday night, and all of these teams could be in a completely different tier. But as of now, that's how I have the AFC broken down. It's so much fun right now. I, I mean, I, I know that there's a, a good amount of stress for Chiefs fans, which I would like to see alleviated as well. But you, you're right. The NFL as a whole, the product this year, aside from this in, the disgusting, taunting controversy and and obviously some of the off the field stuff but I'm just talking about on field play and parody and the fact that would you be shocked if if any of the teams you named the top 10 would you be shocked if they went to the Super Bowl no you wouldn't be and I think that's where we're at right now and that's good for the sport and, and good to have all these fan bases halfway through the season still feeling like okay maybe we can get this done now I also think you know when it comes to Kansas City you mentioned them as a tier two team I think it it's made it so that the AFC is still wide open to the point of if the Chiefs, and I, I think they would have to run the table, if not maybe lose one game, I think they can work themselves back into the idea of getting the AFC by. What makes it a little bit interesting is Tennessee's schedule. If you've looked at Tennessee's it's schedule, cake. it's just so easy. So that's where I think the Chiefs would really have to ha- run the table. And Buffalo's get- is too. They just lost the easiest game on their schedule. Right. And, and, and so that's where it is. It's an uphill battle, but you never know what can happen. We've seen crazy things these past couple of weeks when it, it comes to the conference, getting back to them. I think for sure. The one thing that you could say is that the vision is right there. Just win this game on Sunday. The Chargers are bound to lose another one. You get another crack at them. You can win this AFC West division by taking care of your own business. I mean, that's why I really struggle as of right now to forecast Kansas City to win the AFC West because the Chiefs have lost a game to all four of the teams that currently lead their division. Right. They lost to Tennessee, Baltimore, Los Angeles, and Buffalo. The rest of the way, you're playing all possible playoff teams. There's no more gimme games on the schedule. The easiest game they have left is home against Denver, but we just saw Denver go on the road and beat the Dallas Cowboys. They can beat Kansas City here in a month or so's time. That I think Kansas City is going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to be one of the wild card teams. But I've been calling this the race to 11. In order for them to get to 11, you got to go 6-2 and two down the stretch. They just haven't played 6-2 and two football this year really at any point. I'll put it back on you for a second. Let's say that you had to right now pick the two Super Bowl teams. What would you pick? Buffalo and the Rams. Buffalo and the Rams. Okay. I think I would have to go Tampa and Kansas City again. Just because... I look at an, a wide open AFC, and I'm not saying that the Chiefs are are going to get the top seed. I, I don't think you know it, it's going to be an uphill battle as I just described. But 
I, I just keep going back to I've seen signs defensively, and it's it's still Mahomes and it's still Brady. And I, I think because the AFC is wide open, I would have to stick with the Chiefs thinking, okay, maybe they'll have it figured out by January where they could make some moves in this tournament. And we've only seen Buffalo really come in and be able to beat the Chiefs once, and they looked god-awful against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So they're going through some of their own problems. And so give me Kansas City to figure it out and win that tournament at the end. And then with Tampa, I, I just find the way that Brady has played this year, I understand they have some interesting losses as well, Trevor Simeon among them. But I just think they'll be in a position by the end of it where they're going to be strong defensively. And I, I just believe in Brady and that offense and Leonard Fournette and all the weapons that they have. You see teams dropping lo- you know, losses and weird losses each and every week. Give me the leadership of Brady versus Mahomes in a wide-open AFC and NFC and really a wide-open NFL. And until things start to get a little bit more certain, I think I just got to revert back to what we saw last year over the course of an entire year. This is the question I asked people yesterday when they called up. What do you think is Kansas City's best win this season? Like, if you're saying, based on what I've seen them do this season, I know they can get to where I think they can go because they beat X. I I don't think that win's on their resume yet. I'm no. not saying they won't be able to pick it up, because I would say Sunday is that kind of win. You go to on me, the road and you beat Vegas, that's a good win. To me, it would be... You're right. I think it's coming up. To me, I think what is going to end up being a, a a big game between two teams in different conferences is Chiefs and Cowboys because I think both teams are going to come in. And it's really going to be a, a are you a Super Bowl contender or not game for both teams. Like That is a true measuring stick game. Not that I'm overlooking the Raiders. I know that, like I said, I was going through the levels before. you got to win your level three game before you get to level four. But I just think the way that things are kind of going – I expect the Chiefs to take care of business on Sunday. They are slight favorites in this game on the road. I think they win this game. And then for who the Chiefs and who the Cowboys are identity-wise, that be- game becomes huge. And, and you're home. you got to take care of business against the Cowboys. What do the Chiefs do well? Like, if you look at yeah. Tampa Bay, right. Tampa Bay does X well. What do the Rams do really well? The Rams do X well. If you think this team is going to the Super Bowl, they got to be able to definitively answer, we can do this, we can replicate it for three consecutive games in the playoffs. Um, I mean, they 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 punt well, they kick well, <laughs> they down, Marcus Kemp can, can down a punt, as you've seen. I think it's getting there. I don't think they have the answer to that yet. We almost in two games. In two games. Thanksgiving's in two weeks. Man, how good is is Thanksgiving? We we, we are two weeks away from Thanksgiving, and you're telling me the team you think is going to the Super Bowl, their best attribute is punting. Their best attribute is giving up possession of the ball. That's that's what you just told me. What's your favorite type of pie? What's your what's your favorite flavor of of pie? Sweet potato pie. You know this. Okay, pecan is good. Blueberry ice cream. Blueberry a la mode. Very very underrated. Pie selection. But no, but back to the Chiefs. What I like I, cheesecake. I don't know if that counts as the pie or not. I actually do think the cheesecake <laughs> is in the pie family, but I kind of think the cheesecake is really its own So you're entity. a cheesecake factory guy? I just go for the desserts. I'm not really going there for the meals. The menu is just... It is. Vast. Like, why, why is it like a Bible? Why is the menu like you a Bible? You can't do all those things well. It's impossible. I, I think eventually the Chiefs are going to throw the football well again. I think eventually the defense is going to put in, together enough games against quarterbacks not named Daniel Jones and not named Jordan Love where you feel good about the pressure again so long as they stay healthy and so long as they can rotate you feel really good right now uh, about the second level of the defense I think you got to see a few more games from uh, the secondary and and so 
you're right. You're, we are pointing out, and it actually very much is the thing they do well is the kicking game right now. But I, I think that could change. I think there's still time for that to change. And we've seen in, in recent years, and, and you just go back to last year, a team can dominate for the whole year, go 14-2, and two, and then what happens is a lot of the problems get masked. More times than not, the team that's playing well at the end of the year and has gone through some of that adversity to figure out what they need to fix ends up having a better time in the playoffs. So perhaps that's this year for Kansas City. Pete Sweeney, he is the editor-in-chief of the most popular Chiefs website on all of the interwebs. Coming up, we'll take some of your phone calls and text at 913-576-7610, and we'll get you ready for Sunday night football as the Chiefs head to, up to this point, their most important game of the season. I don't know if they can win the division if they don't win on Sunday. We'll talk to Pete about it next. It's the drive. Welcome to the NFL. Chiefs insider Pete Sweeney is in studio every Wednesday at 3, right here on 610 Sports Radio. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to 610 Sports Radio, the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, coming up at the top of the hour, we'll update you on everything Odell Beckham-wise. And Josh Reynolds has been claimed on waivers by the Detroit Lions, so the dream for Rob has died before it ever really caught flight. We'll catch you up on everything Odell Beckham related coming up at the top of the hour. We'll go to the phone lines here momentarily, 913-576-7610. We'll also read your text. Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride joins us in studio. Can they win the division if they don't win Sunday? I don't think they can. If you lost to the Chargers well, and the Raiders, you're, you can never kind of get a little bit of momentum where you're two, three games over 500 and you're just kind of playing this back and forth game. I think this is one of those games that the Chiefs have to go out there and win if you're going to win this division. Therefore, Oakland has a three-game advantage over you. Right. The Chargers have Minnesota. They could win or lose that game. Who knows just mm-hmm. with how fluky this NFL season has gone. you got to keep pace with these teams. I think they have to win on Sunday. I think there's a, a window. You just would make it a lot harder for yourself to win the division. What they can't do, I think, is lose that Thursday night football game against the Chargers. If you want to win the division, that becomes must win. I don't really see the Raiders as the team that is a, a loss is going to cost you. Like I remember it was early in the season last year where the Chiefs ended up losing to the Raiders, and then the Raiders completely fell off, and that was, I guess, un, when things weren't really crazy off the field and you didn't have all these stories off the field. And so... To me, it, the road becomes a lot more difficult if you lose this game, and it becomes a lot easier if you win the game. Um, I don't think I wouldn't. I wouldn't write it off. But the thing you got to remember too is if you have tiebreakers, the way the tiebreaker works. So again, we are establishing that we think the two candidates to win the division are the Chiefs and the Chargers. Agree. If the Chiefs are able to get that Thursday night football game, so now the head-to-head is one-one, and the Chiefs and Chargers at the end of the season end up with what is the same record your division record is the next tiebreaker. And so that's where 
a game like this becomes really important, and that's why uh, games against even the Broncos, who we're not considering candidates, will be especially important. And so I, I think you put yourself on a easy road or a very difficult road, depending on the results Sunday. I wouldn't count them out 100% if they were to lose the game, though. Do you think that... I actually forgot the question I was going to ask you. I'll come back and I'll remember the question. <laughs> I had it in my mind and then I lost it. Look I'll come you. right back. You got, you got cheesecake I, on the mind The thing right is, now. I normally write it down and I didn't write it down just then and then I forgot, but don't worry. I'll remember it. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. 913-576-7610. Walker, you caught it to the drive. Go ahead, Walker. What's going on, guys? Appreciate you having me on. Uh, Pete, just a real quick question for you. Um, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you that we can get this thing turned around? And in your mind, you know, what two or three things do you think have to happen in order for us to turn this thing around and make a run uh, in the postseason? Thanks. I'm at a seven. Quick or, question about Walker. Uh, no, yeah, it I'm is. happy he remembered his question. He's better at this than I am. Yeah, he obviously wrote it down. I would say seven or eight, and it's because coming into the year, I think we all were questioning the defense much more really than the offense. We thought the offensive line would be – built up and it would be good and it has been we're going to see what happens at right tackle with Kyle Long back in the mix and you have a couple injuries there but for the most part the offensive line has been fine the defense has shown steps these past four weeks now we do still need to see it against better competition but you can only play who you can play and I think the defense has looked improved and I just think at some point Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are going to get this figured out quarterbacks struggle throughout their career we're seeing the first significant struggles of Patrick Mahomes career I don't think anyone despite the things that people have been saying, thinks that this is going to last forever and that Mahomes is now broken forever. No, I think at some point this year they're going to figure it out. So why not this Sunday? Why not maybe in the next couple weeks before the bye week and then you feel really good about the team ahead of the bye? And then what was the other part? Two or three questions, uh, two or three reasons or or things that, that give me hope. I think the offensive line is strong. I think... The linebacker play has really uh, given the defense a resurgence with Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, and and hope for next year. And I think the move the Chiefs made to get Melvin Ingram, a a lot of times we've seen them make moves for player name X midseason, and it really hasn't led to any um, reason to feel good uh, about the move. And I thought Melvin Ingram had a really, really nice first game in Kansas City, and he seems ultra-motivated and if he's ultra-motivated to play against the Green Bay Packers, what is he going to do when he's playing the Pittsburgh Steelers where it didn't work out? And, of course, the L.A. Chargers where he spent 10 years. I want to go back to the phone lines here momentarily. It's not that much of a surprise to me now when we really think about it. What's been the biggest change offensively over the past month? No Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. When have they really struggled over the last month offensively because they don't really have a threat of a running game? I yeah. had this stat. The last 75 carries from Chiefs running backs have resulted in 3.6 yards per carry. Part of the problem offensively is there's no threat for them to run the football effectively and teams just defend you differently. I'm not saying that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has lived up to our expectations at the very beginning of his career, but you got to have a threat to run the football and make the defense honest and respect it, and there's no reason to respect it right now, and I think that's caused some problems in the passing game. Yeah, and and it was good today. We should mention that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Kyle Long were back on the field, and I think the big one is CEH. I was thinking that the Chiefs would simply wait until the bye week to bring him back from injury, but him being on the field makes me think, I don't think he'll play against Vegas. I really don't, but I think that there's a chance that they bring him back for the Dallas game, and 
that does make sense to an extent because you're going to need your offense really clicking on all cylinders to beat the Dallas Cowboys who offer a great offense themselves. And so Clyde should be on the way back. We should mention that. Let's go back to the phone lines, 913-576-7610. Let's go to Aaron. You called into the drive. Go ahead, Aaron. Hey, what's happening, guys? Uh, I, I don't think the Chiefs are going to make it to the playoffs, and I'm and I'm going to tell you some of my reasoning why. Hmm. I, I, before I, I tell you this, I don't want all the fans jumping on me and everything. I've been a fan <laughs> of the Chiefs since the Bill Kenny days, you know, when, when they were really, really bad. But I just think that Mahomes is – he's just – like too erratic and impatient as a quarterback right now. And I, I don't think that's going to be good enough to get the Chiefs through the playoffs, you know what I mean? And it's not just him. I think Andy Reid's play calling is a little bit questionable, how he doesn't want to run the ball and, and all that. And I think they're, them not willing to change is going to be the downfall for this season. Now, I think Mahomes is going to be like one of the great quarterbacks when he ends his career, yeah. to ever play the game. But until he starts to be a little bit more patient and stop being erratic, I think the team's not going anywhere. So goes the quarterback, so goes the team. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's Aaron calling into the drive. Yeah. I not th- very optimistic about their playoff chances. I agree with him on the on the point about running. I mean, I've said that on, on the podcasting that we do for Arrowhead Pride. I've said that on 610 Sports Radio here. And I think right now it's a little bit of Andy Reid battling Andy Reid. It's weekend Andy Reid, and then it's game day Andy Reid. Weekend Andy Reid develops this really nice opening script and game plan where they're running half the time, and then he gets in game and he just wants Patrick Mahomes to throw the football, or or there are run-pass options in a sense where Mahomes is just choosing to throw instead of handing it off. Who do you think is calling the plays right now? I actually don't think it's Andy Reid. I think it's Biennemi. I think it is Reid. I, I think the enemy is a part of some of the bigger decisions and, and plays that they do similar in what we saw with the NFL films. And do we have time to run wasp like that kind of operation? But I still think it's Andy Reed, but I, I think, and, and we don't know exactly the way that this is going, but I, I think there comes a certain point where you got to say, no, we're just going to call a straight run. Right. And you, we're going to go run, run the football. Like like did the five times in a row where Derek Gore was able to eventually score the touchdown. Because I think if you can commit to that and if you can prove, okay, we can run the football as well, then it'll make things a ton easier for the pass game. That is Pete Sweeney. He is the editor-in-chief of the most popular Chiefs website on all of the internet, Arrowhead Pride. Pete, this was an honor to have you on our radio program today. Yeah, cheesecake is a cake, by the way. Cake.